0: It's getting ready to be on.
1: Welcome, gangsters.
0: I have no explanation for what happened. You guys
1: are so young and stupid. No idea who you're talking about. It's a faith-based sports radio program. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. I'm not certain that that format is ever going to work. I have a high moral standard.
2: I love you guys. love the program. You're already famous in Rochester, but watch out world. I think it is time to demonstrate the full power of this station.
1: We would be honored
3: if you would join
1: Welcome to the program, Benson and those Guys, brought to you by Town and Country Pest Solutions, highlighting the stories and the people of faith. It's not a faith program with sports. It's a sports program with faith. You can visit our website, btgprogram.com, or on Twitter, at btgprogram. This is one year ago, this weekend, this show hit the airwaves. It's been one year that I've been doing this with you knuckleheads, and I think in that intro that Zach just played for us, That was every highlight we ever had. (laughs) (laughs) Everything good we said can be narrowed down to a 12-second introduction. (laughs) Pretty much. Here with those guys, Zach and Darren. Zach is sitting here in his Rangers jersey, his Rangers hat, feeling real good about himself after that.
3: That was an awesome series. I'm feeling much better today than I was for like three hours last night when I wanted to puke.
1: because of that right there in overtime the rangers beating the capitals that i if you don't like hockey and i don't and i know darren doesn't like hockey darren's not really into it he went to a hockey game this year in anaheim goes Mm -hmm. in rolls in wearing his saber gear rolls out wearing anaheim ducks (laughs) gear that's how easily he is swayed ducks fly together yeah, okay, Goldberg. <laughs> Speaking of hockey, you guys ever do a Twitter and have it backfire on you? Yeah, all the yeah. time. Yeah. Well, you try to be funny, and it just doesn't come across. So Discovery Channel puts out this tweet. On average, emperor penguins grow to be 3.8 feet tall. So the Pittsburgh Penguins, <laughs> Pastor Shane's Pittsburgh Penguins... Tried to be funny and they say, as of May 13th, 2015, the average Pittsburgh penguin grows to be six foot one. Well, that backfired on them because the Discovery Channel didn't find it humorous. They answered back, strange. Our latest observation shows no penguin activity currently on ice in <laughs> Pittsburgh. Where did
2: they all go? Get burned by the Discovery Channel, man. I love it. Yeah, it's pretty funny.
1: <laughs> now we play, uh, Darren and I both play and Church league slow pitch softball. And when I got, when I got, super got, competitive, you, right? You got, some of the guys show up with eye black and <laughs> high socks. And you know, if you win the whole thing, you're not even getting a t-shirt probably, but I saw in slow pitch church league softball, the shift put on the other night. Now I, okay, whatever it didn't work. It, it didn't work, but. In Korea, and this is the Kia Tigers of the Korean baseball organization, which is a, a real legit league, tried to do a shift. They put their third baseman behind the catcher. Wh- what? Put their third baseman behind the catcher in the event of a wild pitch in the middle of an intentional walk. They tried to, <laughs> they tried to put it, I should say, because the umpire, that is an illegal shift. You can't play your third baseman. Behind the catcher.
2: How little faith do you have in your pitcher to be able to just basically play catch off yeah. to the side of the batter's box?
1: Do not know. Now, here you've done pranks. This is a great one. In Franklin High School in Ohio, the athletic director gets a call prior to a Saturday doubleheader telling him that you might have to cancel the game. Why? The weather was beautiful. He's saying, why would we have to cancel the game? Because there was a 20 foot, foot, 25 foot tree planted between home plate and pitcher's mound. <laughs> I saw so, that. That was great. Yes. Overnight, somebody planted a 25 foot <laughs> tree between home plate and pitcher's mound. <laughs> it's
3: one of the best pranks I've ever
1: heard of. That was good. <laughs> Coming up on uh, today's program, the one year anniversary, we're going to talk with Bill Poyet of Kingdom.Golf. We also have Troy Silva. He's going to come on and talk about youth coaching, but before we go to break, I want to talk about Bobby Bell. Bobby Bell is a NFL Hall of Famer, he is a college Hall of Famer, he's won a Super Bowl, he is a uh what three-time Pro Bowl selection and six-time AFL All-Star selection. Bobby Bell at 76 years old is going to or 74 years old completed his coursework at Minnesota, University of Minnesota and is going to walk with his classmates Thursday getting his graduation 52 years after he left the campus to play for the Kansas City Chiefs fulfilling <laughs> a promise that he made to his to his dad his dad's now deceased 12 years but Bobby Bell is going to fulfill his promise nicely done there coming up after the break we're going to talk uh, with Troy Silva you're listening to Benson and those guys brought to you by town and country pest solutions
2: Vital sponsor of Benton and those guys is Town and Country Pest Solutions. Birds are chirping, leaves are actually growing on the trees, and I think all those dirty snow piles are finally melted. Which means those unwanted pests are going to start invading your outdoor barbecue, or building nests in your gutters, and getting into every other possible crevice. But thanks to Town and Country Pest Solutions, they don't have to bother you anymore. Bees, wasps, ants, spiders, raccoons, skunks, and of course their specialty, bed bugs—they do it all. Remember, they have been in business for over 25 years and their team of knowledgeable professionals guarantee their work. Call Town & Country today at 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. Or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions. They fear nothing but God. Juventus FC, the Italian champions and one of the best soccer clubs in the world will be hosting a five-day camp here in Rochester. Coaches from the Juventus Youth Academy are coming all the way from Italy to share the coaching and soccer philosophy of one of the most successful soccer clubs ever. The camp is open to boys and girls ages 5 to 17 who want to improve their level of play. Each participant will experience five days of top quality training and will leave the camp with a brand new Juventus uniform, a participation diploma, and some fantastic memories. This is a -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to learn from the best and show them what you can do. The dates of this amazing camp are July 20th through the 24th at Grace and Truth Sports Park in Hilton. The cost is $375, and you can register online at abcsportscamps.com forward slash JSC.
1: thanks and Those Guys is brought to you by Town & Country Test Solutions. You can follow us on Twitter at BTG Program. Troy Silva is author of the best-selling book available on Amazon and iTunes for coaching baseball. It's called Nine Innings of Hitting. He joins us now in the BTG studio line. I guess, Troy, we could say you wrote the book on hitting.
0: Uh, Yeah, I guess (laughs) I wrote this book on hitting, but um, as far as writing the book on hitting, I don't think anybody's really wrote the book on hitting. There's too many ways to do it.
1: While playing in the Cleveland Indians system, you once pitched 35 consecutive scoreless innings, and while playing in an independent league, you led the league in ERA two times. How does a pitcher end up writing a book about hitting?
0: Well, that's funny you ask because I really wasn't a pitcher. I was a thrower. I never really pitched until pro ball. My first basically time stepping on the mound was in a pro setting in spring training. So I was a third baseman, outfielder, first baseman my whole career. And uh, one day I get a phone call after I was done playing saying, you've been drafted by Cleveland and you're going to be a pitcher. And I said no. And they said yes. And I said no. And I fought it like crazy. So anyway, uh, long story short, I end up throwing I call it and uh, the reason why that 35 score with inning streak happened is because I knew what hitters wanted and I never gave it to them.
1: It's been my contention Troy that the game of baseball is sort of hindered by a lack of quality coaching at the youth level. Do you agree and what are some of the myths that you see taught to young players today that professionals like yourself have to work to correct?
0: Well, I agree first and foremost that uh, youth coaching is it's becoming worse and worse. I don't know why. I think one of the main reasons though is um I think everyone thinks they're a professional instructor these days. I mean, there's so many academies and places where you can pay to get lessons and training and stuff like that where I don't really think they're qualified to do something like that. Um So I think, you know, kids pay for a hitting lesson or a pitching lesson and they think that, um, you know, they're going to be the next best thing and, you know, they get taught all this stuff. But most of the time, is isn't necessarily wrong. It's just not what they need individually. So um, the other thing I'm I, I basically have an opinion on is I don't think it's really about the kids these days. For so whatever reason, coaching's become this. It's all about me, you know, and my system and my way. And if you don't do it, then you're not going to have success. Well, it's not really about the kids. And if you make it about the kids, you know, you'll have more success that way because it'll be more enjoyable, more fun. They'll learn more. They'll be. They'll want to be there. And they'll they'll basically be excited to play for you.
1: God bless those people that are willing to lead a team. But I see a, a, a really a true shortage of, of what I would say are true coaches. What's the one key thing you'd like to see coaches instructing their players?
0: Um, well, I think it's about all about example. I mean, anybody that's been in the baseball or the softball world knows it's just the environment wherever you go is just out of control. I mean, you got coaches yelling at an eight-year-old kids. You, you know, coaches getting kicked out of games for you know umpire opinions. but There's all these things that it's just, it's just out of control. So. I think the biggest thing is just to be an example and lead by example and be an influence. And that's my goal, is to walk basically how Christ would want me to walk and be an example in a light to this dark baseball world. It's a desperate uh, need to have coaches out there that are different and that are bold and that will stand on faith and stand on, you know, Christ-like beliefs and basically not stray from that. So, the baseball world, you go got any baseball game, the coaches are testing and wearing, kids are chewing, it's just cocky, it's just arrogant, and it's just it's horrible. So, I mean, that's where we here at Rio Athletics uh, strive to be, and we try to be an example more than anything else. And, you know, people want that. They want that discipline and structure in their lives, and they want a coach that actually cares instead of just is out there going through the most.
1: In many areas of the country, including our own, there seems to be a trend away from the game as far as participation goes among young people. I think that's due in part to the fact that they don't learn or appreciate the strategy of the game of baseball. For example, rather than coaches giving instruction on the strategy of a particular game situation, I'll hear them just say things like, hit the ball hard. And while that's not necessarily bad instruction, it's not tailored to the situation. What do you think, Troy? From a hitting perspective, how, how important is it for a hitter to have a plan before he even enters the batter's box?
0: Well, that's a tough question because... Number one, every hitter is this different, and I know this is where most coaches fail. You know, you hear a coach say something that's necessarily not wrong, but it's not what that individual hitter needs at at one time. You know, so I mean, for for example, you can have one hitter that can be smart enough to have a specific plan and approach against that pitcher, and then you got another hitter that overanalyzes everything, and then for him to even think of anything at the place it's going to make him overanalyze and not be able to compete. So it's It's that fine line of having a balance of you know, having that approach against that individual pitcher plus knowing your individual hitters and giving them what they truly need. And quite honestly, that's where most coaches fail. And if you want better results, you have to break into each player individually. Team approach is great, but you have to give hitters what they need individually and not just your system or your philosophy that works for you.
1: There's a trend among young athletes to be sports-specific throughout the entire year. We also seem to see an increase in serious injuries such as Tommy John surgery among young players. Are you concerned about young people being focused on one sport? And is there a need for better sport specific conditioning?
0: Um, I think it's kind of dependent on the level of the athlete and, you know, what level they're potentially going to play at. Um, as far as playing multiple sports, I think, I think kids are doing a disservice if they're just playing one sport, whatever that is, especially at a young age. By the time, you know, they're a, junior or senior in high school, maybe they might start focusing on it. But even then, I mean, i played two or three sports my whole life, and it's just like the season rolled around, and you just kind of got up and played. So I think uh, the focus, I guess, being on one sport specific, it can be beneficial for some, and it can be very detrimental for others. Again, it goes back to each individual player. As long as they're uh, doing the things they need to do off the field and on the field to, to make it happen, then it's great. And then, you know, working with each player again, it goes back to that individualism, make sure it's giving them what they need.
1: We're talking with Troy Silva. He's the author of the best-selling book, Nine Innings of Hitting. It's available at iTunes and also on Amazon. You can follow Troy on Twitter, at Troy P. Silva. You have a unique perspective. As both someone who pitched and as a hitter, we've been debating on this program the merits of the unwritten rules. I should say the many unwritten rules in baseball. For example, Bryce Harper last week, he hit three home runs, but then he flips that bat and there was a lengthy admiration of one of those home runs. Do you have a problem with a player admiring their work like that?
0: You know, at that level, I think you kind of earn the right to have a little bit of, you know, swag, as you call it these days. But I think that what these, the biggest, the biggest thought I have on this is these players, whether they like it or not, they're being looked at as role models, you know, and it's like, The, the bass lips are great, but if you see a 16 year old kid do that, it could be the difference of him getting a scholarship or not. And it could be the difference of him getting a fastball on the top of his head the next, Mm. the next place you get. So it's like, it's just, it's that fine line of just understanding who you are. And it's also that fine line between arrogance and cockiness versus confidence. So I tell our players all the time, if you're not confident, you can't compete at a high level. But at the same time, if you're cocky, you're going to get humble pretty quick. So we call it humble confidence here at Real Athletic. And we also say, you know, it's not really about you. I mean, all that stuff in the moment, it's great. You know, he's fired up, he's pumped to get a walk-off home run, but at the same time, you know, is, is it helping or hindering your team? And we always tell our kids, too, to check that out, too. And I just look at, you know, <laughs> with that home run by Harper the other day, I look at the role model and the effect that he could have and the influence he could have on all the people, that, especially the young kids that are watching that game. You know, is that going to hinder hinder somebody? I don't know, but at the same time, I don't think it was very helpful.
1: On the back cover of your book, you reference verse 2 Timothy one seven, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. What significance does that verse have for you?
0: Kind of basically what we just talked about. I mean, it's, it's basically fearing nothing and basically being confident in your ability and doing everything that you do with the presence of, I am fearless and I, I'm going to do it all for the glory of God. So it's, God did not give us a spirit of timidity. He wants us to be out there and compete in whatever whatever we do. He doesn't want us to be timid. He wants us to be bold. So that's the old uh, timidity versus, um, you know, cautionness, I guess you got to be careful with. But that's the whole focus on, you know, that verse here that we use is is be confident, be, you know, fearless. Don't be fearful. Don't be timid. Don't be shy. And be bold in what you do and compete.
1: How important has your faith been in your career and in your family?
0: Well, it's everything. I mean, I became a Christian. It was in pro ball, actually. And, um, you know, I accepted the board first and foremost to try to get to the big league. You know, a couple of years later, God said, I have a different plan for you. And now I'm up here at Rio Athletics in Washington running this baseball academy, which is one of the biggest on the West Coast. You know, we train tens of thousands of kids every year. So looking back at it, I can see the plan that he had in my life. But as far as the importance of it, I mean, it's everything I do. My goal and everything I do is to honor Christ and to Make sure I'm an example, especially when we're out coaching on the field against other teams and organizations.
1: Can you share with us how you first became a believer in Christ?
0: Uh, that's a pretty long testimony, but I was fishing on the dock with a buddy in Pro Bowl on, uh, in Winter Haven, Florida, and he was a pastor's son, and we just started talking about it, and, you know, I said, that would probably be pretty cool, since, you know, my goal is to make the big leagues, and, you know, I'd be pretty cool to have God on my side, so, you know, I accepted the Lord that day, and ever since, you know, it kind of changed and made me want to walk it on a, on a different pace and a different level. And you know, over the years, I've just grown, and it's not about now what what I can do as far as um, you know, making it to the big leagues, or what I can do personally. It's about being a representation of Christ.
1: Can you tell us uh, a little bit about Rio Athletics and what it is you do there and, and your role?
0: Well, yeah, we um, like I said, we have one of the biggest facilities uh, in the Northwest, or maybe in the whole country. Uh, um, we train athletics all sports but the main focus is baseball we do hitting pitching fielding catching all the defensive stuff all the offensive stuff we do weight training team agility we even do uh help with college placement programs um we actually have a volleyball program that has 300 plus kids teams leagues um we basically do a little bit of everything and and, um the main focus is to be christ-like and to be an example
1: how can we pray for you do you have any prayer requests that are
0: oh absolutely i mean the biggest thing is just making sure we don't Straight from the truth and that uh, we stay bold and continue to be the example because being bold in a world like this, you get uh, arrows shot at you every day. I mean, there's people coming at you all different directions. So honestly, I don't really care. Uh, my prayer is that I basically am bold and that those arrows get straight back at the devil and that we continue to do what we do and be an example for these kids and make it about the kids and an example for the parents on how to parent their children too as well and just kind of be there for for everyone so it's not really about just the baseball aspect of it it's more about you know life and life principles that we instill in the kids
1: well i appreciate that and we'll keep that in prayer i want to thank you again for joining us he's troy silva you can follow him on twitter at troy P Silva. troy thanks again and uh, best of luck with your career and boy it sounds like i can really get a sense of your heart for teaching young people and getting them to enjoy the
0: game Awesome. I appreciate you having me, uh, having me the one last plug. We have an app coming out too. So if they check out RehoApp.com, app.com should be released in this next week. Um, we, we have basically everything you need to know for baseball on there. We do have college placement. We have coaches practice plans. There's, there's baseball trivia, which is informal, informational and involvement that way. Uh, and then we actually have a, in in this app where it's pretty cool where you can take a video of your player, send it in, answer some questions, and we give you drills specifically for that individual to help them improve and get better. So check it out. It should be dropping here within the next week or two, RioApp.com.
1: That's RioApp.com, R-I-J-O-A-P-P.com, RioApp, Rio Athletics. Troy, thanks once again for joining us.
0: Thanks a lot, Rick. God bless.
1: That's Troy Silva, author of the best-selling book, Nine Innings of Hitting. You can get it on Amazon or on iTunes. You can follow Troy on Twitter, at Troy P Silva. You're listening to Benson and Those Guys,
3: brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. g Youth Soccer is registering for both its 14U Boys and Girls Leagues, as well as its Happy Five division for boys and girls ages 11 and under. Games are played Saturday mornings between August 15th and continuing through October 3rd. Space is limited in this very popular program, so don't delay. Registration opens May 17th at gntsoccer.com. All games are played at the beautiful g Sports Park in Hilton. Serving their community for 24 years, the soccer programs offered through GT Athletics teach soccer in a fun, family-centered environment that is sure to provide your family with many fond memories. For more information or to register... Visit gandtsocker.com. McAfee's Remodeling is a full service remodeling company, locally owned and operated for nearly two decades. McAfee's team of professionals can help remodel or replace your windows, and for exterior and interior remodels, no one beats their personal and professional service. Call McAfee's Remodeling at 585 402 1070. That's 585 402 1070. Or visit them online at McAfee Welcome
1: back to Benson and the Nose Guys. You can follow us on Twitter at BTG Program. By the way, the Rangers are going to the Eastern Conference Finals. Zach is stoked. I have a hunch you're going to hear this play-by-play call of the winning goal a number of times throughout this broadcast. Of course, later this afternoon, Game 1 of the Lightning versus the
3: Rangers. That's going to be a fun series. It's it's going to be another series like the one we just had where I'm sweating profusely and wanting to puke for three hours every game. I, I
1: don't think I want to, but I'm curious what your home looks like while you're watching a game. Like, your family, your wife, your, your daughter afraid to come out because <laughs>
2: dad's watching the Rangers. I, I picture Zach in, in just his, his jersey like he is now, probably in his boxers with some chips or something, just screaming at the TV. Pacing
3: back and forth with <laughs> Cheeto dust all over himself. I actually, I don't wear my jersey during games at home because at one point they lost like three games in a row that I wore my jersey for, so I decided it was bad luck. So I wear my Ranger hat and usually my Ranger hoodie, but I have it, I stream it on the laptop, so my wife can use the TV, I have earbuds in, they know not to bother me. Who
1: wears their hat
3: at home? Who wears their hat? He he goes and puts his hat on for the game.
1: You're that guy. You're that (laughs) guy that
3: thinks what you wear affects the game. Absolutely. I was mad at my wife because she washed the clothes that I wore when they won game six and I was gonna wear them for game seven
2: again. This is he's just as bad as the people that say we when he's referring to the the team that he roots for.
1: What? I think I've heard you
3: do that.
2: I don't think I've ever said we anything. I have done nothing. I cheered for the team. That is all I've done.
3: Look, the Rangers have been winning, so you know, I'm gonna keep doing it until they lose. Tom Brady suspended four games
1: by the NFL. I'm not a Tom Brady defender. I'm not a the de- Patriots defender. I really don't have a dog in this fight, but I think four games is ridiculous to so suspend somebody with the with one. You're suspending somebody with the intention of having it knocked down to two, but secondly, suspending somebody for what your report says probably did something. I take a lot of things at face value because we're fans. We don't know, I, I, you know, we we think we know. But I I have no idea what happened there. So when they say, we didn't do it, or I, I can say, well, that doesn't sound sincere. I kind of think they were probably involved, but I don't know. So all I can do is take it at face value. When the NFL's investigator says he probably was aware, that tells me that, well, you don't know for sure. So how can you suspend somebody if you don't know for sure?
2: they're there was a similar lack of evidence in, in the Bounty Gate scandal with the Saints, and yes, it's more egregious than this, but there were still suspensions, and they got hammered with suspensions. They lost their head coach for a year. So if you're going to suspend there, you have to suspend here, especially with, you know, Goodell's missteps when it comes to uh, well, here, domestic here's, violence. Well,
1: here's my contention then. I want to see Goodell in the NFL be consistent.
2: I think you will see that more from here on Perhaps out.
1: Perhaps this is the starting uh, block for him, but you, he knew all along. It's like the MLB who turned a blind eye during the steroid years mm-hmm. because they enjoyed the home run. McGuire, Sosa home run. That, that, that was great for baseball. The NFL has turned a blind eye in dealing with the footballs. Several years ago, when they started controlling the K balls, the ones that the footballs that the kickers use, they didn't control the ones that the quarterback uses. Why? Because they wanted the offense. They wanted something that the quarterback was comfortable with. Several years after that, somewhere in uh, 2005, 2006, when they started allowing teams to bring their own footballs, that told you that, okay, they know the quarterbacks are doing this. Mm-hmm. They're aware of it. You can't change culture by making an example of one person. It's a bad way to do it. I suppose you can do it, but it's a bad way to do it you can't just start here and say all right put yourself in their shoes you're you're the patriots and i know they carry themselves with an arrogance they tom brady standing at at a press conference asking and answering questions he just came off sleazy just greasy it really it, it was a poor look for the patriots but put yourself in their shoes for a minute here you got a quarterback that's his footballs have not been controlled like the kickers his footballs—he's been allowed to bring his own. It's almost as if you said, "It's okay, you guys can do this," and then all of a sudden you're gonna say, "Come down hard on him." I—I I don't know. I would be pretty defensive too if I was a Patriot. I'd be like, "Hey, you knew this was happening. You were all about it, and now you got pie on your face because." The Colts started complaining about it, or maybe other teams. You didn't do anything in the Panthers and the Vikings when they're manipulating the balls by warming them up. You're not doing anything there. So why are you coming down on me when I let a little air out of it? You were aware of this. You had an opportunity to control the environment back when you started controlling the footballs the kickers use. You had another opportunity when you started allowing the quarterbacks to bring their own footballs, and you didn't do it. That means you were aware of it. And now you're going to come down hard. I'm not defending Tom Brady. I'm just saying it's inconsistent and it, it doesn't, it's not a good look for the NFL. I
2: thought Zach was going to say something. He leaned in and then he didn't say anything.
3: This feels kind of like the A-Rod situation in baseball to me, where because it's the Patriots, they got a little more heavy-handed of a penalty, where like, But there's a history there. Baseball go after A-Rod because there was a history there. There's
2: a history of the Patriots acting like this.
1: And and you're right. With Spygate and the other things that the Patriots have done, I get it. There is a history. But every team.
2: Well, every team does something. Every team
1: has their hands in the cookie jar, Mm -hmm. except the Patriots have got caught a number of times. And fans and the media and other teams jump all over it because the Patriots, because they've been successful. Mm Mm-hmm. I understand they carry themselves poorly. I understand they carry themselves with an arrogance that just rubs people the wrong way. This
2: latest one, though, the way they're carrying themselves here is just ugly. It's horrible. Absolutely. When you're referring to the deflator as somebody with a weight loss issue and not the person
1: that was manipulating the footballs, now it's just silly. Mm -hmm. Again, I have no idea. I'm a fan. I don't know. I I, got to take it at face value, but my suspicions are there with tom brady i take it okay i i have
2: no proof all i can do is hear what you're saying but it just doesn't add up to me I, it seems fishy i'm a, i'm a bills fan and it's hard for me to not hate the patriots but if if brady would have just come out and just owned it right away i don't think anyone would have cared i don't even think i would have cared that much it, you know what it, it you deflating the footballs didn't really help you at all you still crush the Colts by running all over them it didn't matter in that game you should have just come out and admit it that's that's my biggest problem I agree
1: we talked about this last week on our program the fact that you sat there and lied you just make and that's and that's a great life lesson you just sit there and lie and lie and lie and it just gets a dig bigger hole bigger hole bigger hole tell the truth come clean and and repent and move on get it over with Uh, it's it's a poor look for Tom Brady it's a poor look for the NFL We're going to take a break. Benson and those guys brought to you by Town and Country Pest Solutions.
2: Title sponsor of Benson and those guys is Town and Country Pest Solutions. Birds are chirping, leaves are actually growing on the trees, and I think all those dirty snow piles are finally melted. Which means those unwanted pests are going to start invading your outdoor barbecue or building nests in your gutters and getting into every other possible crevice. But thanks to Town & Country Pest Solutions, they don't have to bother you anymore. Bees, wasps, ants, spiders, raccoons, skunks, and of course their specialty, bed bugs. They do it all. Remember, they have been in business for over 25 years and their team of knowledgeable professionals guarantee their work. Call Town & Country today at 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. Or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions. They fear nothing but God. Juventus FC, the Italian champions, and one of the best soccer clubs in the world will be hosting a five-day camp here in Rochester. Coaches from the Juventus Youth Academy are coming all the way from Italy to share the coaching and soccer philosophy of one of the most successful soccer clubs ever. The camp is open to boys and girls ages 5 to 17 who want to improve their level of play. Each participant will experience five days of top quality training and will leave the camp with a brand new Juventus uniform, a participation diploma, and some fantastic memories. This is a a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to learn from the best and show them what you can do. The dates of this amazing camp are July 20th through the 24th at Grace and Truth Sports Park in Hilton. The cost is $375, and you can register online at abcsportscamps.com forward slash JSC.
1: Welcome back to the show. I know I speak for those guys when I tell you that we're glad you have joined us. Kingdom.golf is a ministry that evangelizes and disciples through the game of golf. Bill Pouillet joins us now via the BTG studio line. Bill, thanks so much for joining us.
4: Well, thank you, Rick. appreciate it.
1: Can you tell us a little bit about your ministry and your role within that ministry?
4: Yes, sir. What we're trying to do at Kingdom.golf is we're trying to amalgamate, really, the information associated with those many ministries that are out there in the world of golf. Uh, in order to promote them, to get them to get other folks to know that for over 40 years, uh, there's been a presence of Jesus Christ in the marketplace of golf. And uh, just I just feel it's our calling to go ahead and promote that so other people will know.
1: I see on your website that you have a vision that every golfer would hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Given the number of golfers, that is a lofty goal. How can this be accomplished, and what is your strategy to make such a thing a reality?
4: Well, quite honestly, it it wasn't my particular vision or goal until just recently. Uh, A gentleman by the name of Wally Armstrong, who's a a lifetime member of the PGA Tour, uh, and and, uh, others, like the Challenge Golf Association that has been around many, many years. Uh, A fellow by the name of Ron Potter. Uh, I just realized that that was exactly what I believe God wants us to be involved in, because Why? Well, when we're we we're, become uh, followers of Jesus Christ, uh, there's uh, many places where we're called to reach out and introduce others uh, to the fact that Jesus Christ is the Savior, and that we are reclaimed to God by our belief in Him, our faith in Him. Um, but there's one particular in Matthew 28, I think it believes, begins in verse 19, where, it's, where Jesus said that all authority was given to him when he was raised up into heaven. Uh, and then he called upon us and said, Go ye also, therefore, out into all nations and baptize them in, the ma- in my name, and then teach them what to do and several other things. Uh, but, but it's clearly a call that as a follower of Jesus Christ, he's asking us to introduce others to him so that they can have a life of freedom and, of course, eternal life with God.
1: Now, you and your ministry team had the opportunity to have a presence at both last year's U.S. Men's and U.S. Women's Open Championships. You were also recently at the Masters. What sorts of ministry are you able to do there, and can you share some of the God stories that result from it?
4: Oh, yes, sir. Once again, uh, it wasn't something that I had planned uh, early on to go to the U.S. Open for the purposes that we ended up going uh, it was in my mind to go to the masters, but certainly had changed in the direction we would take as we as we got there um, the u s open uh, attention uh, attendance at the u s open uh, became just a wonderful gift uh, given me by the lady by the name of Veronica Karaman. Uh Veronica is a lovely lady who uh, played for Duke University many years ago and uh, is a is a Christian lady that's out there and uh, trying to use golf and use her love of golf uh, in order to do ministry and help young people and, and golfers alike, <laughs> old golfers as well. Uh, she invited me to participate in a program that was put together around the Village Chapel, which is 300 yards from the first tee of Pinehurst Number no. 2. Uh, the Village Chapel, back uh, when the, the Open was conducted there uh, several years before, had opened up their doors. In order to invite the, uh, all the people that were coming to come to the U.S. Open, uh, for them to come in and hear music or rest or get some water. So it was an open environment for people to participate. But this time they had determined, and a fellow by the name of Jimmy Schneider, uh, was really the, uh, the impetus for this whole thing, uh, began to put together an entire plan to do an outreach of Christian unity uh, during the, the first time ever in U.S. Open history that the men's and women's Open were being held back-to-back back at the same facility. Uh, and they thought that, gee, it was Jesus Christ that really should be the champion, uh, not some golfer, which, of course, is courses, <laughs> what it was all about. But, but we know, as followers of Christ, that, that without him uh, as the center of our lives, that we really uh, do not have a uh, free and full eternal life. So uh, we put together this, uh, well, she invited me to get involved in the ministry. Uh, I did walk along with them for a good year, uh, in which we opened the doors, we brought ministries in, we had food, we had video, we had speakers, we had the governor of North Carolina come in to give his testimony, we had Betsy King, who'd won the U.S. Open years before, we had Dave Marr from the Golf Channel come in and talk, uh, and a couple of other players. I, I mean, it was uh, Natalie Goldbiss came by uh, on a whim, just kind of visited with us, and the coolest thing was that uh, uh, during the telecast, and you know, just amazing stuff for the world of golf. Uh, the we were playing music every noontime. The organist would come in, a marvelous musician, and he would play, he would play music, and they kept. Speaking about it during the telecast. They said, well, there's the chimes of the Village Chapel wafting over the U.S. Open mm-hmm. at Miners. And it was just a marvelous thing because, you know, unbeknownst to them, they were really promoting the fact that we were there. Um, so it was, uh, you know, I wouldn't say that it was colossal. It wasn't something where we had uh, thousands and thousands of people, you know, coming through the doors. But it was an opportunity for us to engage uh, with people, to hand them a magazine or a book, uh, to, uh, we even had some things put together uh that were wristbands, you know, these wristbands, the Armstrong bands and all we put it together for the US Open, red, white and blue of course. And it had our website on it as well, and this is kind of what the greatest victory was, is that because of our website, uh and it's uh open doors for the open was that dot com, open doors for the open dot com uh, and, of course, now we have OpenDoorsForTheMasters.com. It became a place in which people could come in order to learn about what our ministry was all about and uh, to engage, hopefully, with the story of the fact of who, of who Jesus Christ is. Um, and, and the other great part of it, and this is how I discovered what kind of my calling and gift is, is that through social media, uh, through Twitter, through uh, LinkedIn, through Facebook, uh, through YouTube we were throwing this stuff online and all of a sudden we started getting the following from around the world. And uh, that's, that's continued. I mean, by the way, we did a, we did a, a texting program as well. We said, uh, uh, text open doors to four one, four one, one, and, uh, you could get updates on the U S open. We did that at the masters as well. And, and it was really kind of cool. You know, we're, we're ta- talking about who's leading the tournament and what's going on, special shots, what's happening in the community. And, uh, and we started getting quite a few people coming in interested, and that way they gave us their information. We began to reach back out to them and invite them to come back to our site and our news. It's, it's pretty cool.
1: Bill Boyer of Kingdom.Golf joins us via the BTG studio line. His blog is opendoorsfortheopen.com. You can follow him on Twitter, at KingdomGolf. Bill, can you tell us a little bit more about Kingdom.Golf? The domain is soon to be released but isn't quite active. Is that true?
4: that's true uh, we did just solidify or, or reserve officially reserve the dot golf kingdom dot golf domain if anybody knows anything about the internet dot the com the dot net the dot org uh, are the, the ones that we've had for, for many years and what most websites have, but they're releasing new ones all the time. And, and I have this, uh, friend of mine who's also a partner of mine and he's been coaching me on some of the important parts of what's going to be happening in the future as far as branding and as far as, uh, how the social media look at your brand and, and how Google then refers people to you based on search engine optimization and all the other algorithms that they use. And, and it's really, really going to be important, if not now, but in the future, to have your brand be very, very specific online. So kingdom.golf, well, he told me to get a dot .golf brand because he had seen that uh, URL coming out. And he, and I said, see, if I could just get kingdom.golf, that would be pretty clear about who I was. So I've been waiting maybe a year, uh, in order to reserve it. And son of a gun, if, it, if it's in July, it will not be fully released and we've already uh, reserved it so that all of our websites will uh, be uh, oriented towards Kingdom Golf.
1: Now, I'm not familiar with their testimonies, but I learned from following you on Twitter, again, at Kingdom Golf, that Justin Speith, who just won the Masters a few weeks ago, and Ricky Fowler, who just won the Players' Championship, are both believers in Christ. Are there many believers on the professional circuit?
4: Oh, my gosh! <laughs> this is how I get involved in this whole business. Um I do want to qualify one thing. I took a journalistic license <laughs> with that last blog or last couple of blogs. Uh, I know uh that these sellers are men of faith um but based on the people that I know that know them and on their you know their their participation in in the uh, p g a tour bible studies, they don't really call it that, but it's the study that's conducted on tour. Uh, Jordan Speak went to a Christian high school. He's a man of faith. Talks about uh, how his, his sister, uh, solidified him in, in watching her go through struggle and be the courageous woman that she was. And it's uh, just all a great bunch of great stuff. Ricky Fowler is a regular on the PGA Tour Bible study, uh, and has buddies like Bubba and like, uh, uh, uh Zach Johnson and all those fellas. And there's many great stories. I got involved in all of this because at a certain point in time, I was a career Army guy, and uh, way back in the dark ages uh, of uh, 1987, uh, I was getting close to getting out of the service, and I was asking the Lord to help me put together my passion for golf with my new love for Jesus Christ, that I had just become a Christian about six years before. And uh, and he answered my question, uh, quite honestly. And he basically said, you know, you're going to be an agent for Christian golfers. Well, that made no sense to me whatsoever. Uh, but four years later, I had gone to a Lynx Players International uh, golf outing at Myrtle Beach, the Pearl at Myrtle Beach, in which people that were following the Christians on the tour through Lynx Players Ministry, which is a very active ministry still. Um, you can play, find it with lynxplayers.com online. That, uh, that they were having this outing where all these people were going to get together and have your regular Myrtle Beach outing. Well, I met Bobby Clampett, uh, there. It was a godsend the way it happened. And, uh, through our conversation, I asked him to participate in this golf outings I was doing, uh, to uh, reach out to corporations and fundraisers, stuff like that, and bring in Christian golfers to give their testimony as well as do a clinic and other things like that. And while I was there, Bobby said to me, Bill, I love what you're doing. We have guys on tour, some 50 guys that are coming to our study on a regular basis. Uh, would you be the the, the uh, agent for our Christian ministry on the tour? And I'll tell you, I said a very sad thing. I said, Bobby, I'm going to pee my pants. I can't believe you told me that. <laughs> and I said, yes, I'm going to do this. And uh, thank you so much. And for the next three and a half years, we reached out at different tour locations, three Masters, two U.S. Opens, three PGA's, Memorial Tournament, and we... Uh, we reached out and, uh, and started getting guys like, uh, Bernard Longer, Tom Lehman, um, uh, Corey Paven, uh, Wally Armstrong, of course, and many, many other guys that were committed to participating with us. So that's how I learned about who all these fellows were. And now today, uh, you've got many, many more. You've got the LPGA Tour, the Web.com Tour. You've got chaplains on all those tours. You've got the Symmetra Tour, in which uh, uh, we've got a lady chaplain as well. And uh, there's just so much, uh, the Champions Tour. I mean, these are the guys, Larry Nelson and, and all those other fellows I mentioned that are still out there. Uh, Maura Sikalski, Um they're out there. Uh, and they are continuing to meet on a weekly basis for their study or their devotional time with them and their families with a pastor. And it's just marvelous stuff.
1: We need to take a break here, but I'd really like to continue talking to you. Bill, would you be willing to stick around through the break and come back after?
4: Yeah, Rick, thank you so much.
1: Bill Poyer, Kingdom.Golf. You're listening to Benson and those guys brought to you by Town & Country Pet Solutions. We talk a lot about the different G&T athletics that are offered. Do you know there's a swim camp? Oh, really? I like swimming. Well, it's not for you. It's for your kids starting ages three, four years old. Bummed, as long as they yeah. can put their face in the water for at least three seconds, <laughs> that's a level one swimmer. Oh, all right. They have a, The camp is July 6th to the 10th. It goes from noontime to 5 p.m., depending on what level there's level one. Five level hours of swimming for,
2: for no, kids? No, no, no. There's different
1: classes. Oh, you okay, got level okay. one, level three, level four, level two. You got all these different levels. So you sign up for, I don't know, it's an hour, hour and a half. It's what if I don't bucks. know how to swim? that's what this camp is for you it said it the... wasn't
2: for me I want to learn how to swim
1: well I' it's for your kids it's not for you can I join with them fifty dollars your kid learns how to swim but I'm surprised that you guys you guys are young enough I'm surprised you guys haven't done this um, this camp has been around for a while my wife always talks about doing it maybe I should well, you can't. You're not getting it. This you're you're such a moron. I want to swim. This is for your kids. Fine. Starting at your how old? Are you? Well, it doesn't matter. Three. Starting at ages three or four. If they can put their face in the water for a few seconds without freaking out, then this camp mm. is for them. July 6 through 10th, you can sign up. Gntathletics.info. That's Gntathletics.info. July 6 through the 10th, 12 p.m. to 5 p.m. Benson and Those Guys is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. You can follow us on Twitter, at BTG Program. We've been talking with Bill Poyer. His ministry is Kingdom.Golf. You can follow him on Twitter, at KingdomGolf. Bill, thanks for sticking with us through the break. Unless you miss the cut, Sunday is generally a work day for professional golfers. How do the believers on the tour stay connected? How do they stay encouraged? And how do they stay in the Word? And it certainly sounds like you have a part in
4: that. Well, I'm, I, uh, quite honestly, I'm personally not a part of that anymore. I mean, I, I was for a short while, uh, but I've stayed connected to it and now, of course, uh, feel as if it's my calling in order to promote this stuff. So got to put the world of golf will know uh, that there are men and women who love Jesus Christ and are living their faith out. They're people just like you and me, but they are serious about their faith and serious in fellowship, and trying to grow themselves in the Word of God, and 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 uh, so that they can be. Uh, I love the way Tom Lehman said it. he yeah, had an interview with him. I was a radio guy for a while as well, and and, uh, and and I said to him, "Gee, it's great, Tom, that you're in golf ministry." He said, "Bill, I got to tell you, I'm really not in golf ministry." He said, "God has blessed me with the gift of being able to play excellent golf." And through that, the notoriety comes upon me so that I can have golf as a platform to introduce people to Christ. Wow. I mean, that's that's the guy that's really getting it together.
1: Mm. Bill, how did you become a believer in Christ?
4: Oh, how wonderful. I was a career Army officer in 1980. Um, I was right in the middle of my career, and I was uh, uh, an aviator, and I was heading on an aviation uh, trip to pick up an aircraft uh, down in uh, Alabama at the time. And uh, so I went by that we'd taken an airliner down to get it, and I I had stopped by the store and picked up this book on uh, a, a time-saving book. And uh, I picked it up, of course, from my wife. My wife could really use this. And so I read it uh, on my way down there, and, and it was a great book. It talked about, you know, your ABC priorities, uh, throw away your junk mail, stuff like that. But there was one particular focus this book had, and it said, if you will get up, 15 minutes every day before you have to really get going. You'll read the Word of God. You'll pray. God will give you the time you need to get done when he wants you to get done. On the 26th of December, uh, the, uh, 1980, I pulled out this little uh, New Testament and Proverbs and Psalms that they give you when you come in the army, cracked it open because I never had it before, and began reading it in Matthew. And I'll tell you, it's tough. Matthew uh, is, he begat, begat this, begat that. I mean, it's pretty tough reading. Uh, but thankfully, I got through it and uh, got into Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And about halfway through Luke, I said, you know what? If three guys at three different times in three different locations pretty much say the same thing about this guy, Jesus, from a different perspective, you know, I think I can believe that. Now, I now know that that was the day that I became a believer in Jesus Christ, because I opened my mind, opened my heart up to say, I believe in him. And that's all Jesus said. You know, what does it take for you to get into heaven? To believe in me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. And that regular reading of the Bible became my nourishment. It grew me up in the Word of God, and of course God allowed me to meet certain people here or there that helped me and mentored me a bit here or there, different fellowships in the military uh, and over time read a lot of stuff and just have come to a real full understanding of the salvation of Jesus Christ and what He does in our lives. The, the, my favorite verse in the Bible is in second Peters in the first chapter, and it says, uh, We have been given everything we need for life and godliness." by our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. That means we have everything we need to make the right decisions to live a godly life, and his Holy Spirit is with us all. So we have this capability. It's just this love and desire and our own decisions to be obedient. And I'm not ever, ever. I mean, every day I'm crazy. (laughs) But still, that belief in Christ is the only sin that leads to death. If we don't believe in God, if we don't believe in God through Christ, then we're not going to see Him forever.
1: Golf is such a wildly popular game. Are there things that believing amateur golf fans can do to be a part of your ministry?
4: Oh yes, sir, absolutely. And as I said, we're we're, we're kind of like a a, a a a place in which we're trying to promote other ministries. So our website, Open Doors for the Open dot com, Open Doors Soon to be kingdomgolf uh, will be the place where you can go to learn a lot about these different ministries. We're very excited about a brand new magazine that's come out called Mulligan Magazine, uh, that is for the Christian golfer. It doesn't say it that way, but it really is. It's stories about Christians and Christian um, uh, teachers and stuff like that. We have an online website, the magazine, dot com, which will carry all the stories. And we're hoping uh, that we're going to begin to have. Um, uh, several times a week, live interviews on the website with the pros playing that event. Let's say that we contact Bubba uh, Bubba Watson after Thursday, and the guy shot a 63. You know, what I mean, and uh, of course he's already talked to the media and oh, Well, Bubba, great job, blah blah blah. You've done great, and and we and so he's sitting in his hotel room sometime late that night, and we've got an appointment with him, and he videotapes himself answering our questions and puts it in a YouTube file or a Vimeo file, and we write a blog about it that evening, and that next morning there's an, a video of him saying, oh, you know, but well, uh, yeah, golf's wonderful, this is what I did, Is my putting was super, uh, but gee, my family this, and this is what I'm studying in the Word of God, and these are the lessons I'm learning. Oh, my gosh, I I, I just can't think of anything better.
1: Mm. How can we pray for you, Bill, What's some prayer requests? Oh,
4: my gosh, you know, the... the <laughs> <laughs> the enemy. You know, when we pray the Lord's Prayer, the Lord's Prayer is very interesting. It says, uh, uh keep us from temptation. No, that's not how it goes. We pray it every morning, and I still can't think of it off the top of my head. Let me see, uh, uh, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And many of the, the, uh, different, uh, versions of that may say the evil one. Well, the devil and, and Satan is real. And we know that. We know what goes on in our lives. So I will tell you that almost every morning I wake up, I'm a very early morning guy. I like to do my devotionals early in the morning and get going. Uh, but almost every single morning when I wake up, I have these negative thoughts going on in my mind. Like, you're not good enough. Oh, gee, you know, you didn't do this yesterday. Or, yeah, you were angry with your wife last night. How could you be that way, you bum? Well, you know, I get up and I go to the Word of God. I pray and I, then I start reading. Inevitably. God will show me something in which he encourages me, and that's what's so beautiful about being there. So I would ask that uh, any prayers for myself, Bill Poirier, or, or for the ministry of golf, that the enemy would be dissuaded by God's Holy Spirit, and that this, this ministry of the platform of golf to introduce golfers to Jesus Christ could be something that proliferates the globe for his glory.
1: Amen. Bill, I want to thank you for joining us on the show. I've had a good time talking with you.
4: Thank you for letting me talk about the truth, my friend. I've thank
1: you, me. Bill. Take care. Bill Poyer, Kingdom.Golf. His blog is opendoorsfortheopen.com. You can follow him on Twitter, at KingdomGolf. You're listening to Benson and Those Guys, brought to you by and Country. Best Solution. I said shake,
2: we're out of the I said shake, we're out of the road. I said shake, we're out of the road. I said shake, we're Title sponsor of Benson and those guys is Town & Country Pest Solutions. Birds are chirping, leaves are actually growing on the trees, and I think all those dirty snow piles are finally melted. Which means those unwanted pests are going to start invading your outdoor barbecue or building nests in your gutters and getting into every other possible crevice. But thanks to Town & Country Pest Solutions, they don't have to bother you anymore. Bees, wasps... Ants, spiders, raccoons, skunks, and of course their specialty, bed bugs. They do it all. Remember, they have been in business for over 25 years and their team of knowledgeable professionals guarantee their work. Call Town & Country today at 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. Or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions. They fear nothing but God.
1: Now the moment we've all been waiting for. Tom Brady wears Uggs. I have no knowledge of anything. I have no explanation for what happened. The highlight of the show. I'm not going to let our fans down. The reason people tune in week after week. Said no one ever. And
2: Darren's unreasonable rant. Deflate Gate. Sick of it yet? I am. But here's a new one. In one part of the Wells Report, he covers a particularly damning text where the Patriots locker room attendant Jim McNally refers to himself as the deflator. The locker room attendant. The guy who's in the locker room with the players would know Tom Brady very well referred to himself as the deflator. I I don't know how anyone could think they could explain this away, but the Patriots, never known to back down or bow to anyone, have decided to give the world the most ridiculous excuse I have ever heard. They're saying that McNally is overweight and calling himself the deflator has nothing to do with deflating balls and everything to do with him deflating or losing his extra weight. I honestly don't know where to go from here. This excuse is insulting to intelligent people everywhere. Just admit you deflated the footballs, pay your fine, serve your suspension, and move on. Your asinine excuses are making it worse and at this point it has nothing to do with sports and everything to do with the Patriots organization apparently being filled with terrible human beings. Barry Bonds taking steroids was less obvious than you being guilty.
3: Just in case anybody didn't know, the Rangers completed the comeback and are moving on to the next round. I actually have a piece of related useless information. Henrik Lundqvist, the Rangers goalie, really likes May 13th because this was the third year in a row that he won a game 7 while making 35 saves on May 13th. He likes game 7s in general and his last 6 game 7s he's 6 and 0. Allowing .81 goals per game with a 973 save percentage. In those game sevens, he's allowed a total of five goals on 184 shots.
1: Absolutely useless information. My pest of the week, I have, I, I couldn't decide. One, I really want it to be the 34% of NBA fans who responded to a poll and said that Michael Jordan today <laughs> I saw this. could beat LeBron James. No. That 34% should be my pest, but my pest is Major League Baseball, who apologized to Don Mattingly and the Dodgers for a blown call the other night. Now, they call, they had replay, and they still missed it. How do you miss it with replay? And then you apologize? By the way, the Dodgers lost, Mattingly was ejected from the game. You looked at the replay. That's what it's there for. Get it right. No apology necessary next time.
2: My Pest of the Week is anyone who uses the term we when talking about their favorite team. When you say, oh, we won last night or we are going to the championship, you're not doing anything. Your favorite team and players are. Just sit back and cheer and shut up. Look, I can say we because wearing my Lucky
3: Rangers hat had a big part to do with the win. (laughs) My Pest of the Week is Patriots fan Michael J. Whitman, who created a GoFundMe page to collect money to pay the Patriots' $1 million deflate gate fine. Anyone who actually donated to it is also my Pest of the Week. They've actually raised over fifteen thousand dollars. Oh, jeez.
1: Benson and those guys has been brought to you by Town and Country Pest Solutions. I want to thank Zach and Darren who have been with me for the last year as we have done this program, and Pastor Shane who is with us for a few months. Uh, I've had a good time. I hope to do another year. It's been it's been fun.
2: I've enjoyed it. And keep going for a little while. Keeps
3: me off the streets.
2: (laughs) Uh, All right. Well said. He's nothing to say. I, that, I've been doing this for a year, and he's, now he's finally speechless. See you Z- next time, Zach on the streets.
1: That's uh, <laughs> yeah. He's totally. He has a ton of street cred. Basically, we'll cut all this out. <laughs> out of, you said on the streets, Benson and those guys. Brought to you by Town and Country Festival.